Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cinespection. Um, I'm Gabe. That's John. Uh, John, we have an announcement today before we, we get into uh, the turd of turds, also known as Willow. Uh, yeah, we're going to be moving to a new channel yeah. of our own doing, and that will be starting with a, a review later this week, and slowly we'll move everything over to there, probably over the course of like a week or two. Well, new channel, If you, I guess if you watch us on... Um, yeah, if you watch YouTube, us on YouTube. If you, if you listen to us on, you know, a streaming or whatever, sorry, uh, podcast streaming. Um, sure. Nothing will change. We're just moving on YouTube to, to your new channel. We're really happy with our friends at the Painted Lines. It's been great, but um, we're just, you know, uh, focusing on on, uh, on on doing our our own thing for now. So uh, I'm sure we'll still collaborate with our friends at the Painted Lines. Our friend Dives, who is you know main guy out here, but yeah, slowly. I think we might you know have like a bit of an overlap at some point, especially yeah. this week. You know, we'll figure it out. But if you think we're somewhat funny then go subscribe there um funny or what else could we be if we're not funny i don't know but we'll be tweeting out you know the thing for those who use the twitters for those that use the twitters uh okay so okay willow uh we reviewed episodes one two three and four and then we were supposed to review five, six, and seven, and eight, and we just, you know, we couldn't find a way to do it. So now we're just doing the whole thing, um, it's like half of the show, basically. Yeah. Do you want like like I don't without repeating ourselves because I know we're going to say a lot of the things we've said, you know, for the all for the other four episodes without yeah. repeating ourselves. Like any like high level thoughts before because I'd like to go like episode by episode because I really do think we had like similar. I mean, the shot was the the show shot very well. I'll, I'll give it up to the cinematography. 100%. There was a lot of like on location shoots. Um, it, you know, even down to like the battle scenes at the end, I thought were very like reminiscent of Harry Potter. I'm gonna skip all around on like general overview here. So like it was very nice to watch. Um, the actors were consistently bad. <laughs> you know like i thought you were about to praise them uh, no i mean it depends like some of the actors were consistently good and then some of them were just consistently bad but i don't know that that was all on the actors as i've griped about the entire length of this show the writing is horrible it's yes. god awful um it and the last couple of episodes those. feels so lazy it's 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 all it's it's worse than cw level writing yeah, it really is. It, it might be some of the worst writing I've ever seen on a, like a mainstream TV series. One with such a this wasn't cheap. Like this was not a cheap show. No. You know, they spent good money on it. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know how to. It, it's just really, really sad because the source material is fun, and you could see that poke through in episodes that like the source material was fun it's fantasy it's not serious fantasy though right like it's not game it's of not Thrones. game of thrones exactly yeah. it's not game of thrones it's not the lord of the rings like i saw so jonathan cast on the showrunner like uh like on twitter somebody asked him like what the hell is up with these pop songs at the end of the episode mm -hmm. and he was like we just wanted to find a way to distinguish ourselves from 
uh, the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, and House of the Dragon, and Game of Thrones, and all these things. It's like, okay, but did you have to go there? Like, wasn't there a better way to, like, because tonally, tonally, yeah, Willow has it, nothing I mean, it to do no with those things. No sense. Like the, the pop songs, like, being remade into, you know, whatever they were remade into. And I would like to say that they were re remade into, like, a time-fitting song, but it wasn't. Like, the show that we've talked about did that the best was Westworld. Yeah. Westworld used a player piano to play modern music and link the two things together. Very cool. Also, this was not their original idea. It's not setting them apart from anything because, as I said, Westworld has been doing this for seasons where they hide you know, modern music in the beginning or end of the episode. Well, also, like, for example, if you think, like, modern music in, like, an... Um like a context where it doesn't make any sense. Like you can think also of Tarantino. Yeah. I think he plays like David Bowie in a scene in Unglorious Bastards, if you remember. I think mm -hmm. the scene where she's getting ready to burn the you know for the premiere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and I think he plays, I don't know what song it is, but like a really modern song in Django at, in mm -hmm. some scenes. Like, but you find a song like it's fine to do songs you know that don't belong somewhere and find yeah. a way to like you know but you don't have to like these are songs that tonally feel completely off with what you just watched like it felt just... more like uh scott pilgrim than like, yes yeah or a cw show yeah you know like it's it's like is it, imagine you were watching like say like the godfather and mm -hmm. all of a sudden you had like you know the 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 um Rise of the Rohirrim, I think, is the name of the of the song that they play. Like, and you know, for for um, um, uh, Edoras, the, yeah. you know, the in in the Lord of the Rings, you know, when they charge in the end in the Return of the King, you know, to save. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they're when, all coming in at the last moment, yeah. And they play it too when Gandalf shows up in 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 two towers. Like, imagine if the Godfather, like, you know, right after, like, Sonny is killed in the explosion or something, they would play Rise of the Rohirrim. Like, it's like, like, it just, just doesn't go, you know? And it's two great films, two yeah. great pieces of content, but... I, I think that the music just, and the writing just threw everything off. Yeah. yeah. Because the writing sounded like it was being shot for a modern CW show. They used modern slang. It was just very <laughs> off and felt very different from Willow. Now, the, there was some good episodes in these four. I'm not going to say they were all bad. Like, uh, when they go into whatever it is, the cave city. Well, we'll go into each of them okay. in a minute. But the last question I want to ask you, like, because I, I tweeted this to Jonathan Castan. He didn't respond. But, um, like, who the hell was this for? Like, who were you trying to get here because like I was, I was reading a, a Twitter thread the other day. I don't know if I told you about it, but like how Disney has sort of abandoned their car audio. Cause if you ask me like, what is the core audience for Disney? The answer mm -hmm. is children. Like yeah. Disney is a children's entertainment company. Of course they have ABC and they, you know, like Fox now they have, but like Disney at their core, you know, when you see the Disney brand, you think children, right? Mm -hmm. But but they've sort of abandoned children in many ways with their content recently. Like they do like like the Marvel movies are more tailored to like what this Twitter thread described as the Funko Pop 
uh collector you know like 30 something year old crowd you know yeah. what i mean so yeah, you and I know me exactly in you some mean, ways yeah. you and me in some ways right yeah. um and now they're they're like targeting us and forgetting about the kids um and that's marvel star wars is the same you know i don't know if kids like star wars as much as we did you know what i, I mean because so. yeah yeah it, they didn't feel as as kid friendly as they used to and then particularly heavily in their animated movies like mm -hmm. did you watch lightyear i don't think you watched lightyear right? i did watch lightyear okay so a big part of the plot is that like buzz goes to space and because of the theory of relativity comes back and for him it's an hour and he comes back like 20 years later remember that yeah each time each time how do you like my nephew is is, is five and how the hell do you explain that to a five-year-old like on it, like he was just asking my brother, like, like, wh why does he come back? And like, how do you? It, it's 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 a movie for it's a CGI yeah. movie for kids, based on Toy Story. Like, why do you make it so that only the thirty-something-year-old Funko people, you know, understand it? You know, I mean, that's just kind of the way that they do things. Willow is made for Gen X. I mean, it fails. Th that's completely. what I was going to ask you. I I'm not Gen X, meaning millennials. No, I think like no. the generation right before millennials. Oh, sorry, millennials are Gen Y, Gen X are like this is people that okay. grew up in the eighties, right? Okay. Like they were that's, either that's in middle or high school in the eighties. That's millennials. Like Willow came out in nineteen eighty nine, I think. Yeah, uh, but like, like that means that someone born in nineteen eighty would have been nine years old. They probably wouldn't. You know what I mean? Like it's they a very would have watched the hell out of that. Like uh, uh, somebody born in nineteen eighty is forty two right now. <clears throat> right yeah yeah but that's 43. not a millennial yes it is no 80 82 83 is millennial oh well it's, so that's I mean, what i'm saying it's like the middle kind of like blurring their line okay okay so let's go with gen x and some of gen y some yeah. millennials right this writing these pop songs like how's that gonna resonate with a 45 year old it does with a 37 year old that's the problem i don't uh, I didn't see that it resonated with the only crowd that cared. But it seems like they're going to make a second season. Where do you get that from? The ending of the show. Oh, yeah. But everybody wants a second season these days. But now they're cutting costs and the situation is difficult. I don't know if it's going to get a second season. To be honest, I don't think I'll watch. Um, yeah. Unless you, like, you know, push me to it. But I just... There was a point, like... We'll talk about the episode specifically in a minute. But, like, like the last two episodes, I just felt... I was like 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 just i was over it you know i was just like i've had enough of this like i'm wasting my time there's so many things to watch yeah i mean i didn't by the end of it i was just like okay i'm done like i didn't, <laughs> i just finished it to finish it up because i knew we'd be talking about it but you know in the beginning yeah. i liked it and i, I like we liked hated watching it, it. We, we liked hated it like yeah we, we were sort of enjoying it, but also like hating it. Really, I think that it just really all fell apart with the writing in the second, like half of the season. If I can be honest, like it got so bad that, like, even my wife was like, "This is horrible writing." Like, yeah. Well, like credit where credit is due. What would you say were the positives here? Uh, you mentioned the cinematography. They cinematography, shot yeah. real locations, like they went to forests and hills, and like. A lot like, of practical effects were used. That set the that they used, yes, exactly. A lot of practical. That set that they used for the like where they were holding the brother Eric, that was a real set. Like it wasn't like they really. They was I was outside, 
Like it was a real set. But yeah. Something you don't see, especially in these Star Wars shows or Marvel shows. Like you don't. No, you they know, use the same like one room that transforms and all this crap. Yeah. The the Mandalorian one room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And these were real sets. So that that I give them. I would also give them a lot on the pacing that you and I already talked about. Like yeah. The movie. Um, like sorry the show like moves fast like it just they go on the quest like 20 minutes into the episodes like yeah let's just go i think that was very good um it was never like boring as such it was more like annoying than boring right i never got bored with the show and i do the pacing was really good yeah the pacing was good but all right let's get into episode by episode we have four to review so we'll start with wildwood wildwood you and i right before we started uh you know we went live we're sort of getting it mixed up with uh the third episode which i think another good thing that they did in the show mostly is that each episode has like a different setting Mm -hmm. like a different you know like even visual aesthetic so even though you don't remember everything from the episode you remember like oh this is the one where they were in this place and this is the one where did the thing so wildwood was just in the forest basically it was a forest episode which was similar to the third episode where Rebecca from Ted Lasso showed up. Yeah. But this is the one where they were captured by this group. And it turns out that Jade's sister, I mean, spoilers for these things, but Jade's sister is one of these uh, um, people in this group. Yeah. She's like the chief's daughter, like very high up, like would be, you know, a war chief or something. Right. And then she has some sort of like romantic background with Borman. Yeah. Her sister. Um, has a romantic background with Borman. It's another like Jack Sparrowy situation. If you remember Jack Sparrow, yeah, like, it is the first one. He had some sort of background with uh, Zoe Saldana. I remember, mm-hmm. uh, and then and then I think the fourth one, Penelope Cruz, is like just this lady who shows up, and then she's like his ex girlfriend. I don't know. I was tuned out by Pirates Four, but that's what I sort of remember about it. Um. And then, yeah. and then the brownies show up, which are the the you know, really itty bitty uh, people. people. Um, which is weird that they find in all this like massive fantastical world. The fact that Willow founds finds the one brownie he knows, right where he's being held captive. I mean, they even they even make a joke about that though. Yeah, but I mean, the fact that okay. Let's talk about this for a second. Like the fact that you acknowledge how stupid something is, just we, you and me, we we love cynicism and we love sarcasm. Sarcasm, like we like when movies just like, yeah, this is what we do, you know. But I feel like sometimes, while we admire that or like that, it could be like it could be taken to the extreme of being like, uh, like like um, it's not an excuse to do poor writing. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I agree. It's not. It shouldn't be, <clears throat> at least. Right, and I feel like in that point they sort of did that. So I think this episode was kind of in the vein of the other ones, mildly entertaining. Nothing mm-hmm. particularly new, I don't think. Mm-mm. A lot of Willow self-loathe, like yeah, Willow just hated himself, which like I him found feeling bad about. Yeah, like I'm nothing. I didn't beat Bart Morda. I'm just an idiot. It's like, like, why? Like, yeah, I mean, although he is super powerful and they show that several times in the episode that he actually is a pretty good wizard. He's a good wizard, but then he runs out of juice and doesn't save his friend. And then he sort of doesn't give a crap about the quest. We'll get that when we get to the last couple of episodes. But 
Yeah, so this episode, I think, was... I think you and I were both like, okay, this was another Willow episode. Like, there was nothing too big about it. Yeah. I mean, so, correct. Yeah. Then yeah. episode six is called Prisoners of Skellin. And think I think this one's where you and I will speak, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it the most. Because it was probably our favorite episode. Mm-hmm. For, because of one little thing that happened. Can, can, you, can you say what that is? All right. So... What is my favorite? What is my favorite thing about this episode? There's Hang one on. thing. Come on, we like I texted you. Were like, this is why it was my favorite. Oh, Christian Slater. Yeah, I had told you before the episode even started. <laughs> I was like, this is the best episode. Everything else sucks. Honestly, Wait. he he shows up. He lights up the screen. He's like, it's almost like they brought him in to teach these like younger actors. Like this is what christmas is like this is how we did it in the 80s this is how we did in the 80s and it like because his lines are also like crappy and stupid yeah but his delivery is so genuine but at the same time self-aware like an 80s like and uh what was the movie we watched with christmas later recently um broken arrow yeah which is like a stupid ass movie it's a ridiculous movie Right? Like, it's just the stupid... But it's delivered in a way that's genuine and self-aware at the same time. That tone is completely lost in our day and age. Yeah, it is. I mean, I think that it was awesome that he came on the show and that they tried to, like, play it off as uh, Mad Mardigan. Right? Um, Yeah. But I didn't like that they kind of alluded to... There's this whole subplot with him, Mad Mardigan, and Borman, and we don't know who's actually right, and they don't ever clear it up. Like they just create this plot thread and walk away from it. It doesn't say it doesn't mean like doesn't make any sense at yeah. all. Like this whole conflict with Mark, Mar- like wh- where was McMartigan? Uh, and like why would these guys like you betrayed him? No, you betrayed me. Like that's also another parts of the Caribbean thing. Yeah, if you remember in the third one where they're just like had no idea what they're doing and everybody like double crosses triple crosses and they explain the triple cross but you don't understand what happened with the other one it's just it was completely messy and again you were like i'm fine because it's christian slater delivering it yeah um and there was some good banter with him and borman borman for sure that like 100 percent the best thing about this show yeah my perspective i would Um, agree like consistently good in every consistently good Better even that Warwick Davis, but in in big part because Warwick Davis was barely in here. Yeah, he was barely in it. Um, but yeah, Christian Slater character. Yeah, and then they started with their like nostalgia crap that that in, in this episode in Prisoners of Skellen, where they had Mark Martigan's voice. Yeah, they use the AI voice again. It is not the AI. I also saw it. Jonathan Caston tweeted. It's actually Bal Kilmer's son. Why wouldn't they just do the AI voice? At least that was better. Because Val Kilmer's son sounds just like his dad. Uh, you didn't um, notice. He yeah, sounds just like his dad. Uh, I think they might have helped with some AI, but also in the Val Kilmer documentary that I don't think we wanted to watch, but we didn't, we didn't get a chance to. Um, they also had Val Kilmer's son do his dad's voice. And honestly, he just he sounds just like him. But what he doesn't have is like, he sounds like Val Kilmer playing Batman or you know, like, yeah, a, like a, a monotone delivery of his voice. Yes, the Saint, the Batman, that Val Kilmer. But Val Kilmer playing Mark Martigan, he's like playful, funny Val Kilmer, you know? Mm-hmm. He's an actor. He does different things, you know? I found it to be cringy and stupid. 
I just don't, they never cleared up that plot line ever. No, like because they don't know what and to then do with it. it's like he got trapped in that light area, which I guess that's where the worm that's how an area that you can get back and forth between the worm dimension and the regular dimension. Um, and he somehow got trapped there, and that's how he was able to save Kit in the last episode. But well, how how is he? I don't know, did... they didn't explain it. Th- th- that other dimension does not make any sense. Yeah, but, but I mean, we'll get to it when we talk about the se- the series fin- the season finale. But the fact that the characters like can't figure out that they're in this other dimension and all the people they're meeting are fake, like mm-hmm. it's just completely stupid. Yeah, but we'll get to it in a minute. But yeah, I found it to be jarring and stupid. And then this episode ends with a cliffhanger of Kit about to die, mm-hmm. and we're supposed to be worried about it, but Kit is so fucking annoying all the time. I think that she gets better. I actually will say that her character gets better in the last like two episodes. You think so? Oh, well, yeah, I so, think so. Well, somebody was pointing out or reading a critic's review, um, and this guy pointed out like Jade and Kit had a have a, a bit of a love story that's sort of developing between yeah, the two episodes. The show, yeah, yeah, but especially in these two, I think. But Jade is completely superfluous to to the plot. Like she's not. Well, what does she do? She, she, so, and somebody was saying, like, the core of Kit's, like, character arc is her relationship with Alora. Yeah. Not her Jade relationship. Is, yeah. With, with Jade. Like, the, like, the point of the show is that she starts hating Alora because supposedly Mark Martigan and her mom, uh, liked her more than they liked, uh, Kit. Right, which is a very like teenage angsty thing, but yeah, it, they never sold on it. Like there was not like, and they also they treated each other like they hated each other, then they liked each other. It was like, like terrible writing. And then so the relationship between them, then becoming friends by the end, and just like helping each other get through this problem, and and they're both the the, the two that jump in that waterfall thing. At, you know, mm-hmm. the episode after this one, like, but 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 Jade is just there to kind of like have some some sort of friendship relationship for a kid but it's like why do you need it if the relationship she needs to develop is actually another one yeah right and um, yeah i don't know why that was in the show i mean i know why but it, it was just excessive writing for no reason writing. well they wanted to have a fellowship and they're like okay you know the fellowship of the ring is nine people and we gotta have at least like a good seven, you know, because yeah, like you can't have a fellowship with like four guys. I mean, you know? the the person who I find that becomes most annoying is Alora. Interesting. Like, I found Kid worse. So I find that Alora, as the show get goes on, gets more and more annoying. Whereas Kit like completes her character arc and actually becomes a decent character by the last episode. Well, then she uses the armor, which the armor's cool. Uh, I don't know. That's the only thing that like ties it to Mad Mardigan. Right, but it was like the whole armor thing was about Borman. He was no, like it was, would never be worthy because he had yeah. like but we all knew that and she wasn't worthy until she like accepted Alora or whatever. Again, stupid. Um all right, Beyond the Shattered Sea is the next episode. So this is the episode it starts with, and there with like uh, a guy named uh, Julian. Um, what's his last name? Julian. Um, well, anyway, he's the guy who plays the villain in Indiana Jones Three. 
Um, and he also plays an Imperial officer in Star Wars. And he was also Grand Maester Pycel in Game of Thrones. So this guy's a legend. Julian Glover. This guy's a legend. Like, he's been in your favorite things, but, you know, you wouldn't know him by name. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he plays the old man that, like, gives them shelter for a bit, if you remember, um, before they go on the boat. And they Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Place. And then he ends up being evil or whatever. Right. Oh, by the way, he also plays the villain in For Your Eyes Only. Wow, he does have a long career. And he's always yeah. a bad guy. Well, not he's always, always a bad guy. but... He, I mean, here he was. Yeah. He was also in Harry Potter. He voiced the spider Aragog in, in Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. So, um, they take his boat and they go through the Shattered Sea, which visually was really, really awesome. Like, yeah, I love cool. the idea that the Shattered Sea was like, like a really, like not like almost like ankle deep beach water. Yeah. Forever. Never. It's like a giant beach. sound that went on forever. Yeah. Right. It was, it was, it was awesome. Yeah, it looked really cool. They did a really good job with it, and especially with like the mudfish and like the little islands. Um, yeah, it was good. It, that was pretty cool. There's a scene at night between Elora and Kit that it's like they have all the stars around them. Like that's a good visual as well. Like again, they had a, a few people that knew what they were doing. Yeah, the uh, cinematography you know, team definitely knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah, and the set design in some mm -hmm. ways. The costumes, uh, the costumes look very modern. It looks like, like they're wearing like American Eagle stuff <laughs> at times. You know what I mean? Like, like true religion jeans and American Eagle jackets at times. It's kind of goofy, um, but whatever. That's what I wanted to go with. Um, what else in this episode? There's this relationship. Nothing real. I mean, there was a cool fight scene, but the episode doesn't. It takes a. It's the only episode that I thought was a filler episode, if I'm being completely honest. While it looked beautiful, there wasn't really much you gained out of the episode, except for there was a cool fight scene, and Alora finally starts to harness her magic. And then at the very end, Alora and Kit finally go to like become friends and, and jump, jump off the edge of the world. Well, yeah, and there was also the relationship between uh, Grayson and uh, this fish that was pulling the boat. Yeah, the fish, yeah. And then, like, he lets him go because, because the fish was dying. Yeah. And then but he lets him go because the fish was dying, and everybody's pissed at him, especially... No, but Norman. it's because they were going... They were all starting to go crazy, which is what right. the old guy had said at the beginning of the episode is, like, when you get very, very far to the edge of the Shattered Sea, like, your mind is breaking, basically, because... Right. And then, but what within that that plot point, it was pretty inconsistent how everybody, like, was pissed at, at, at Grayson for doing that. And then they were not anymore. And then yeah. they were all just, like, they were like, like oh, they woke up Grayson. or something. And, and then no, Morgan wants know. to make out with him or something in the next episode after they jump off the... Well, because it's thing. like, yeah, I guess before he dies. Yeah, I mean, but he's pissed at him. Like, I feel like it's not... It feels like there's no consistency on how these characters treat one another there, and engage not. with I mean, other. I don't... In, like, you know, getting towards the end of the last episode, they, like I said, I feel like it just got lazier and the writing got lazier and lazier. Like, the action scenes were cool, and the fight scenes were cool, and 
the city of the undead was really cool looking, right? Like all of that was awesome looking and there's just nothing to tie it together. No substance to the plot. Nothing. It's kind of, it feels like a waste in many ways. Like they wasted so many good ideas that they actually did have. Yeah. Maybe they got, I'm, I'm sure George Lucas gave him some notes uh, when he sold Lucasfilm. Yeah. He gave notes about episodes um, seven, eight, and nine of Star Wars. And he, I'm sure he gave him Indiana Jones notes and he gave him, you know, Willow notes. And they might have taken some of that from there um, for, for the sequel that, that, George Lucas and you know always talked about doing yeah. that he never got around to. Um, so some of that might have come from that. Um, who knows? Uh, right. And then um also the writer of the original movie is also in the you know, he's a part of the writers team, which is pretty I mean crazy. maybe just as a you know he's credited or... as the sole writer of episode two. So there you go. Yeah. Um yeah. So um, the last episode is called The uh, Children of the Worm. Um, what do you think about this one? Like I said, the battles were really cool. The cinematography was great. Like the actual, the city of the undead was awesome. Um, even the scenes where like they're under the worm's control, those were done and shot pretty well with like they're in like a forest and, all of that was done well. It's just like there's one scene where she like calls the worm a bitch for yeah, like, and it just <laughs> makes no sense at all. Oh god, that was so stupid. Like none. It honestly makes no sense why the worm is called a bitch, but she is because it's cool and teenagers say it. I mean, also something else I was reading is that like. This feels like it was a show written by adults that pretend to know how teenagers talk. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, 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 I don't know many teenagers, thankfully, but like, I don't, I can't believe that's how they talk. You know, like, it just, if it is, that's hilarious. I didn't know their attitude might be like that, you know, angsty and pissed off all the time at their parents, but like this slang or whatever doesn't sound like teenage slang. It's not like like how we spoke when we were teenagers. The writers must must be our age, you know. Maybe they are. Yeah. I I mean I guarantee they are. I can look it up, but I mean Jonathan Kasdan is. I can tell you how old he is. Um, he was he's forty three. So but you know, pretty much older than. By the way, jo jo Jonathan Kasdan, as we said before, is the son of Lawrence Kasdan. Uh, mm -hmm. screenwriter of Raiders of the Lost Ark and um, um, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. So big, you know, George Lucas collaborator. His dad, though, not him. Just a little and, bit of nepotism there. A little bit. And it was funny because I have a, you know, my friend Wojtek, um, I play soccer with him. He also watches the show. He, he you know, he'll listen to this. So hi, Wojtek. Hope you're doing well. Um he like also watched the show and we talk about it sometimes and he was like this show without he's not like a big like movie trivia kind of guy like you and i are yeah and he was like this show feels like a show um written by like the child of somebody really famous who just you know got a lot of money and you know they just let him do it and i was like that is exactly what it that's is that's exactly what it is yeah it's insane that he guessed it without not knowing at all you know it's crazy. Like, honestly, to me, it was like, wow. Um, 
I mean, yeah. 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 And also the writer of, of Solo, like how many, how many shirts can you do? You know, uh, I'm sure he's a great guy and a super responsible professional, but this was not good work, you know, and his writer's group didn't do a group good work either. Um, all right. Uh, I thought this episode was stupid and I was tuned out by this point. And even Rachel was like, just, she just like got up and started doing something else. Like, you know, I think she started like, like she went to get a snack and took like 10 minutes. She didn't give a crap about this. She was wow. just like, yeah. she was like, I don't have time for this. Like, I mean, um, Monica almost yeah. gave up on it, but didn't fully. She was like sitting on her phone, but yeah. 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 I, and I can see why. I, I didn't find it compelling. I thought, to your point, the battles looked like Harry Potter, but mm -hmm. instead of looking like uh, interesting, they looked derivative to the level of like green power versus blue power. Yeah, they which... did the same Star Wars color scheme again. Well, but not only that, but that's Harry Potter does the, the red, if you remember, yeah. and Voldemort does the green. Yeah, And even, even the Harry Potter structure, while it worked in the Harry Potter movies, was abused uh, when you got to the... Fantastic Beasts movies like mm -hmm. that, like, you know, or, or whatever the wand or whatever it is like that idea has been like done to death. And if you compare it with the original movie, which the movie, sorry, the show kind of like begs you to do. Yeah. Um, that was a battle of wits. Like, like Willow was not more powerful than Bap Morda. He was just clever. And, yeah. you know, like, he, like, and he was a brave guy who you know it just and this one's just like ah, for 10 minutes and then you know you win it's like ah, whatever yeah i mean you're not wrong that's exactly what it is it's and then, just and like then, them blasting each other back and forth yeah you think the armor at least looked cool i thought the armor looked cool no the, the, the armor looked good and and you know whatever it was set up properly but you know but whatever and then um and then i think Borman has a bit a quip that the only quip by Borman that I sort of felt like they took it too far when he was like, I want my mom. Like, yeah, that that, I was like, I was like, that's a bit too dumb. Like, it's, you know, I get, you know, I love Borman, but just don't make me bored with him. And it's kind of like the same as Jack Sparrow. Like, he was great for, you know, the first movie. And then, yeah, and then you can have a little bit for the second movie, but by the eighth time that you've, like, you know, done it, you're kind of, well, by the, by the third one that they were like, you know, how do we yeah. make Jack Sparrow funny? Oh, just have him talk with different versions of himself for 25 minutes. You know, remember the third one? Yeah. Like, it's like I think the third one peanut? is the last one that I actually watched. The 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 third. No, I watched all of them, unfortunately. Uh, the decay of, of you're a braver man years. than I. Yeah. So anyway, um, to sum it up. We're very disappointed in the second half of Willow. And it progressively somehow gets worse and worse as you watch it. But if you want to feel nostalgic about something and have somebody crap on your nostalgia, then watch Willow. It'll do that for you. Well, somebody crap on your nostalgia and... Yeah, like... Um, but not really feeling like it. Um, like... I don't think I feel as nostalgic about Willow as I felt. For one, I was like, I feel like my nostalgia has been squeezed dry at this point. But yeah, I don't feel as nostalgic about Willow as I once felt about, say, Star Wars or Karate Kid or all the other things you know they have exploited. You know, as um, 
like this one it was a misfire it's not it's not different enough to be its own thing from you know like because it's called willow like it's not if they would have called it you know the seekers of you know whatever yeah or yeah the worm yeah i don't know the seekers of the worm the battle for whatever come up with some shit they kind of called it a laura dannon I mean, they the could have called it anything. Yeah. Yes, the Fellowship of Elora or something. You know, then then you could have done that, and then like because you say this was made for old people, I say old people are likely to be annoyed by these characters. So they're like, but it's okay because it's also made for young people. Then young people don't know who the fuck Willow is. So they're like, 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 why would I care about? You know, like, just call it the Fellowship of Elora and bring in the young people, and they will enjoy it more than you and I would. And it would have saved us eight hours of our lives. And these were full hour episodes too. These were like, full hour episodes. Yeah. Um. So anyway, uh, glad it's done. To be honest, I'm glad we can move on. Now we're going to be reviewing weekly, um, The Last of Us. All right. Yeah. Um. I haven't seen it yet, so. Uh, hopefully it'll be way better than this. Um, John, let's jump on the other stream. If you like what we yeah. say and do, jump on the other stream and watch the review of the menu in about like 10 minutes or so. Um, oh, God, we have comments. I didn't notice. Oh, it's Dives. Holy crap. Um, the Disney long time ago. Treasure Show. Dives. What does he say? He says, um, you guys need to review this in Post National Treasure. It's so hilariously bad. Right up your alley. You know what? I started to watch it dives um and i it was it's exactly the same as willow and i felt like i was like i've had enough with one of these (laughs) you know i was like i don't have time for two of these um but john i mean we could try it but i don't think here's the thing like i love bad things um willow sounds like a sex nighter from wasted good ideas yeah it was exactly 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 um like I, I like we enjoy bad things, but when something's charmingly bad, but this was just bad. Like it's yeah, it pretty bad. Would you recommend it? I guess let's close it with that. Would you recommend it? No, there's better things to watch. Oh, dives is still here. Uh, oh, the last, last of us. Is, I just uh, finished watching it. We're gonna review it tomorrow, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't watched it yet, but I'm excited for it. Um, I'll watch it tonight as well or later um, or earlier. Uh, Dives, if you've seen the menu, you know, feel free to jump with us to watch the menu, to review the menu very soon. Um, I guess we'll see you in a bit, John. Uh, remember to follow us uh, wherever, and we'll see you later. Goodbye. Goodbye, Willow, forever.